Welcome back, creeps. Looks like I'm juggling my yes, boobs. Yes, I thought you were <laughs> <laughs> But I'm not. <laughs> Welcome back to episode something of Weekly Creep. Yeah. Uh, sorry about like that. Episode, episode something. something. Yeah. That's what we should... Yeah. Remembering the number is just too much responsibility. Yeah. Sorry about the unannounced break, but we are back. We have a few episodes in the bank ready to go. Um, and we'll let you know before our next break, but which probably will happen in about a month when we go home. Mm. But it won't be as long, hopefully. It'll just be a couple of weeks here or there. Um, and yeah. Yeah. How has your summer been? Hot. Um, but I feel like that's like the consensus around the world. Not in Ireland. Well... We'll find out soon enough. Um, we're, what, like three weeks away from going to Ireland. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Le uh, 19 days or 18 days or something. I am so excited. I'm going to be taking so many leggings. Um, <laughs> no, it's been super freaking hot. And apparently the humidity, which is something I don't remember in past years, that the humidity actually makes it feel hotter. So it's not as hot in drier areas. Yeah. And the, one of the reasons why we have to take a break is because I've actually been working outside all summer. So this is me tanned. Mm. I just want to show that real quick. Refresh your <laughs> arm. It looks really bad. In the camera, <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was like some sick experiment. Somebody decided to give me a job and go, all right, here, go work outside now. Um, but anyways, yeah, we have also been doing it's been a busy, particularly the last few weeks, I feel like I've been really busy and we've actually been enjoying our summer, I think. Yeah, I think it's pretty rare that we have days where we just don't do anything. Like the most that I'll ever have where I don't do anything is like half a day. Yeah, but, um, on, that's only on a day off. And that's about the same for you. But like we work and then you'll be doing research and I'll go to yoga, work out, run errands and I'll come home and we'll both be home like by seven. Yeah. And we go to bed, go to sleep like at nine, you know? Yeah. Cause we rise early and that's what I'm about to be rising even earlier. So if anybody's hiring for a better <laughs> job, actually. Yeah. We already uh -huh. wake up at 545 as it is yeah. and they're wanting him to be in at, in at 530. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't complaint corner. This is just what's going on. This we is have... life update. Yeah. And if it sounds like complaining, then it's all about perspective. Okay. This is just our reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we actually had a really cool little mini trip up to Austin a couple of weeks ago. We met Ogre Comedy. Mm. He's been a listener for. I don't know, he how was long. so nice. It was lovely. Like yeah. it, it's one of the. It was a really cool weekend where we could just sit back and kind of go, like. It was basically a podcast weekend without the podcast yeah, being yeah. involved. Um, so that was lovely. We got to chat with him and his friend. They were in co in in comedy for an Austin show. In mm -hmm. Austin for a comedy show. And we met up with our friend Candace that we had met in uh, December when we went to go to see July Talk. Um, and they started their own. Her and her friend started their own show as well. Uh, Those astrology bitches. Yeah. I just listened to episode two yesterday. I'm, I, I feel like a lot of our audience would enjoy it because mm. they're taking a like beginner's approach to learning mm -hmm. astrology, basically in a nutshell. And so it's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's great because usually when you dive into the like astrology pages like on Instagram, like they're already like balls deep in like astrology, and they're saying like they're forming sentences that don't mean anything to me yeah because i'm not balls deep in astrology so that like i would love that yeah for me and so they'll definitely be making an appearance yeah on here so maybe we can even do an in-person together uh episode or something so look forward to that and then as well we started like uh some other projects too that's like uh Weekly creep adjacent, mm. let's say, and that's gonna be pretty cool, um, and yeah. But with that being said, yeah, give us a tarot card. Sure. Uh, the tarot card of the day 
is the Knight of Wands reversed. Today's message, you're full of energy and desire something new. Shake up your routine today. Do something different and fun. Go outside. Get some exercise. Follow your whims and fancies. Though you may not be creating long-lasting change now, a bit of disruption will benefit your creative spirit. Now keep in mind if you decide to go outside, maybe go outside before 11 or after 6 p.m. and stay hydrated. Yeah, again, unless you're in Ireland where it's apparently been raining for like a month. <laughs> we yeah. haven't had any rain here in like weeks. Yeah, we haven't. Um, and no sign of rain for like two weeks. I This year, I really feel like I'm getting the Texas experience. Mm. It's so hot that the fact that I don't have air conditioning in my car doesn't even matter anymore. Because it's <laughs> just like, all right, cool. I'm just... This is reality. Yeah. But anyway, this is going to be a fun... Well, I think this is going to be a fun episode. Okay. Irish folklore. Okay. But not like, we're not just going to be talking about like, oh, this is the legend of blah, blah, blah. Um, I'll probably get into it now in a minute. Um, and <laughs> Oh, yeah. Now I remember why I wanted to read this from the start. Oh, so a few weeks ago now, a couple of months ago now, I was at work and like I'm more settled in than I was before and all that. But I'm still like really, if I'm going to use the restroom or whatever, like I don't want everybody to know my business. If I go in there and there's like people in there, I'll just wait or I'll come back later or something, right? Yeah. Or go to the other one. But anyway, I'm very, I, I'm just very like shy and like private about that kind of thing. I'm not in like laughing at other people's business or anything. And this is only for number two. Yeah, number two. Number one, I don't care. Okay. It's just short. You just don't want scary, people like. to know that you go number two. Yeah. All right. Because anyway. Because you're a lady. Because I'm a lady. <laughs> yeah. But I'm in there, right? And I'm minding my own business on my phone, scrolling. And I hear someone else coming in, right? And this is actually a very similar situation happened to me just yesterday. Well, this person, I think they barely made it. Oh, shit. Yeah. So they went for it, right? <laughs> and, like, was it solid hits or was oh, it like no, spray? No, it was awful. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to wrap up here and like get out, right? So <laughs> now I'm washing my hands. And like for their benefit, I'm like, oh, I'll be real quick. So they don't have to have this embarrassing you know, interaction or whatever afterwards. Yeah, them them laying baseball bats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dropping <laughs> their baseball bats. But as I wash my hands, this guy just comes out of the stall, puts his hands on his belly, and it's like, whoa. Double flush. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> and did he double flush or where he's just what he's just saying? I guess so. I d I wasn't really paying attention. Oh, I was okay. just like, oh God love him. Like I'll just <laughs> get out of here bless him yeah but uh yeah no he comes out like well proud and all like no shame whatsoever yeah it's just i'm going in there get the job done and get out and then yeah. like literally since then this has happened to me like a couple of times oh, really? yeah where i'm like oh god like I, this was embarrassing i want like Better i'll just get curtains. out of here yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and the person just come out like all right, man. How's it going? So, like, has it encouraged you to, like, has no. it inspired you to be liberated? No, absolutely no. not. Like, I'm still very mortified? private about that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'll joke about it afterwards and stuff. But, like, when I'm in it, it's not. You were like, I went to go number two, T. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> and everyone yeah. was like, oh, yeah, I was dropping <laughs> baseball bats. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, the Weekly Creep recommends section, which apparently was a thing. We've been re-watching a lot of stuff. Uh, Gavin and Stacey on BritBox. For oh. anybody who has not got BritBox and is not living in the UK, BritBox is actually worth the $7 or whatever it is a month. This uh, emoji. I was also watching Only Fools and Horses there for a while, which was apparently less racist than expected. I wrote this. Um, <laughs> but so far, into my Only Fools and Horses thing, there was just... One reference about paddies being construction workers. Mm. That was okay. And Pakistani people owning convenience stores. So I was like, all right. They they weren't like pushing the boat out. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, okay. 
but I didn't get any further than that. So I'm not going to go ahead and like recommend it fully yeah. for those who haven't watched it. It Tread was a nostalgia lightly. thing for me. Um, and then we got stuck into Downton Abbey. Oh my god! Like we're still like we're on season three or something. Reeling. My Reeling. God. I knew that I was going to like it, and I hated how much I. I really love enjoyed it. How it's just maybe it's an anxiety thing, but I love when it's just these. It's so much going on in one house, yeah. and the most I'll ever like travel. Because I think there's only been travel to London maybe three times up yeah. until season three. But like the furthest that they'll travel is in the town that they live in, you know. And like even then it's like, village. yeah. And even then they've done it maybe six times in three seasons. But I love that everything is going down in one house. And it like, and that's when I noticed like the office episodes I like where the episodes are just in the office and not when they're like out of the office. <laughs> yeah, the, this is venturing a bit too far. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, sorry about that little ramble. I think I might have been a, a little bit homesick when I was writing this or maybe writing this made me a bit homesick or something mm -hmm. like that. But I was listening to Blind Boy's podcast mm -hmm. and he mentioned uh, this website called Dukas.ie. Right. It's either Dukas or Dukas. I think it's Dukas. Dukas is Gaelic for heritage, right? According to the internet anyway. And this came about because in 1938, around 16 years after the Irish gained independence from the British monarchy. Someone Brits out. Yeah, Brits out. Hashtag, yeah. Hashtag Brits out. Sorry, UK listeners. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, around 16 years after that, Somebody decided that we needed to document all of our traditions and folklore before it had gotten completely forgotten because mm -hmm. we had been like. Basically, when other cultures come in, they would like just oust what was going on there originally. So, yeah, like your culture got purged and you're yeah. forced to assimilate. Yeah. Yeah. And like this isn't a dig on like the British people or anything. It's just the fact it's that the British people that did it that were <laughs> yeah. that was stuck. But like when one nation overthrows another and all that, like so Christianity is also guilty of this. Anyway, after 800 years of oppression, this project got started to try and get like more specifically like local history um, just documented, written down. So and it was done in such a lovely way. They went and they got kids who were old enough to write mm -hmm. and they told them, go home. This is your homework. Go find the old recluse in your neighborhood. Nice. Don't come in the house. <laughs> Talk to your grannies and grandas and just any older people that you know. For oral history. For oral history. And you're going to write down whatever it is they tell you. Mm. And ask them like what it was like for them growing up and all that. But all of these were compiled in manuscripts, which ended up being something like 250,000 handwritten pages. Sick. Right. And now, thanks to the internet, anyone can go on to Dukas.ie and like trawl through these like wonderfully rich stories and that cover everything from traditional recipes. Like some of the pages are literally just oh. this is my granny's recipe for soda bread. Oh, cool. How she does it. And that's it. We should try one. We can. Yeah. Like it'll be cool. For my birthday. Oh, shit. Yeah. 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 Um. But as well as that, they, they it goes on to superstitions or pishogs, mm -hmm. right? Which is apparently uh, like sayings or something. Oh, okay. I have a bunch of them for afterwards for Patreon. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, give, I'll give, I'll tell you this for free. Um, my mom has a saying that when when you're putting your best foot forward, her saying is, "Now you're really putting all the meat on the grill." Ah. Mm -hmm. But it. it's in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> what was the one I said yesterday? You didn't. Oh, it was uh, Southern Grandpa saying, "Follow this guy on TikTok. He's hilarious." It's like, it's getting so damn hot out there. I saw a bear picking a fish up with oven gloves on. I was like, God damn. Anyway, oh, yeah, got, that one didn't quite land over text. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But all these lovely, wonderfully rich stories. Traditional recipes, superstitions, pishogs, stories of fairies and ghosts. And of course, that's where I started. Okay. Okay. So these first few I included 
because they're directly from where I grew up. And this one is specifically from Glastool. And I actually told one of these to my granny who grew up in Glastool, which is only about five minutes from where she lives now. And our my great granny's house is still there. She passed away last year. But like, that's how local it is for me. Shout out Granny Fox. Shout out Granny Fox. <laughs> about 80 years ago, and this is 80 years ago from 1938. About 80 years ago, there lived in Dunleary a woman about 45 years of age. She was not married and she worked for the rich Protestant people. She was also a Protestant. And one morning she went into the Catholic Church in Dunleary and received Holy Communion. She went down to the end of the church and took the Holy Communion out of her mouth and put it into her pocket and then went home. When she was at home, she took the Holy Communion out of her pocket and put it on the table and stuck a knife in it. Yeah. Rock and roll. (laughs) 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 Then a strange thing happened. The Holy Communion began to bleed. The woman was panic stricken and not long afterwards, she took very ill. She was soon dying. And when she knew she was going to die, she asked for the priest. But as the people of the house were Protestants, they would not bring the priest to her. And that woman died in a terrible state called delirium tremens or tremens. The funeral took place two days afterwards and a woman named Mrs. Warren, who is still living, witnessed it. She's not still living now. A <laughs> hundred years ago, she was still living. When the hearse was in the lane leading to the old graveyard near the kill of the Grange, the horses that were drawing the hearse stopped and refused to move any further. So the grave diggers took the coffin out of the hearse and buried it at the side of the lane. A big granite slab with a cross on top of it was raised to mark the spot where this repentant sinner lies. Some say that God must not have taught her pure enough to be buried with other people. About a week after the burial, the people that the girl worked for began to hear noises in the, in the house at midnight. The noises were like cups and saucers being thrown on the floor. This continued for a few nights and the people of the house could not sleep at night. So they sent for the priest and the priest blessed the house and the people. The noises were never heard afterwards. So this is where I finish my strange yarn. Mm. But now actually that we've been watching Downton Abbey, yeah. that's where I'm picturing this taking mm. place. Um, and also delirium tremens or tremens, I'm not sure how you say that, is a s- severe alcohol withdrawal symptoms such as shaking, confusion and hallucinations. Mm. Uh, that usually starts two to five days after the last drink and can be fatal. Mm. So who knows what actually happened to this poor girl. Mm. But like that graveyard where she was talking about Kill of the Grange is still there. Like it's still in use. That's where my family are buried. That's where my mother has put up quite a fuss that if she is not buried there, she is going to fucking haunt us. Mm, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is that slab there with the cross? I don't know. I would like to go and try and Check that out. But I have a feeling that the graveyard that was there originally has expanded quite a bit. Mm. So it's probably incorporated if Uh. it was even there. And there's also another much older graveyard just up the way. So it could technically be there either. I was trying to find out my granddad uh, because that's where my granddad was from, was the Mm. older cemetery. And he said, I don't know about that, but uh, there was this one woman who was not quite the full shilling, right? I think she's still alive, this this woman. And they used to go for firewood back in the day. Mm-hmm. And she came back after looking for firewood in the cemetery and actually just had like the whole side of a coffin, <laughs> like with the, the brass handle or whatever. Oh she was like, God. this is grand. Brought that home with her. Yeah. Um, I think somebody found a ring as well. Probably the same lady. And then they ended up going back later and like just throwing the ring into the thing because they were freaked out. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) the next story is from Monkstown, which is. Oh, that's close. Yeah, well, it's just the opposite end of Dunleary from Glasstill. So that's where I lived until I was five. Many years ago, Monkstown Church was an abbey. Then Cromwell came and besieged the abbey. The monks fled with all the sacred relics through secret tunnels and reached Monkstown Castle, which was then a convent, and warned the nuns of Cromwell's approach. 
the superioress of the convent, refused to leave her room as she was on a retreat. The abbot also remained with her. All the others fled through secret passages and were soon safe in a house in Rochestown Avenue. Mm. You know where Rochestown Avenue is, right? No. Where the graduate is. Oh, shit. Yeah, that <laughs> road was here. This Oliver Cromwell was from like 1500s. Yeah. Not long afterwards, Cromwell's soldiers arrived at the convent and ruthlessly murdered the superioress in her room. They also murdered the abbot who was found trying to escape near Coffinger's Pond. It is said that the ghosts of them both are seen in the vicinity of the convent. In the meantime, a fierce battle was taking place between Cromwell's Ironsides and some Dunleary men. Though few in number, the Irish were fighting well, but they were hopelessly outnumbered. Cromwell's army extended from the old monastery to the beginning of Rochestown Avenue. The Irish began to realise that it was useless to continue fighting, and one by one they escaped through the tunnels from Kelly's of Rochestown Avenue to the fields near Boland's Bakery. Hardly anyone was killed or wounded in the conflict. This statement was signed by Mr. J. O'Neill, who was over 70 years of age in 1938, and then signed by the fellow who wrote it. What I really thought was cool about this was the fact that it all took place around Rochestown Avenue, mm -hmm. um, which is still a busy main road. Mm -hmm. like that. It, I'm trying to think where it stops and starts. In my head, it starts at the Graduate Pub, Mm -hmm. and extends all the way down to Baker's pub, which is just a coincidence that not every corner has a pub on it. Like, But that is the road that we would still use every day. And Cromwell died in 1658. So I think that means that it, the road that we still use every day is at least 500 years old or thereabouts. Did I do the math right? 400? Yeah, it would be like four to 500 years old. And God knows how long it was there before. It's amazing. The abbey still stands, hmm. or at least the tower of the uh, monastery. Mm -hmm. And then I think where the convent is, is still where the church is today. So I also reached out to my granny for it because I thought that was a cool story. So I told him, like, regardless of the ghosts that still haunt the, the place. Um, and she was able to tell me, like, exactly the location of where that bakery was. Oh, and stuff like wow. that. Yeah, so... That's where all these like secret tunnels were. And they weren't like immensely long or anything, but it would have like led the boys out through actually where to where the old graveyard from the first story was. And then they could have escaped up through all there was all orchards and stuff there mm -hmm. back in the day. It was all private land. So yeah. And then I included this next one because of how much you love Docky. <laughs> and if anyone's curious Don't say that. People are gonna think I'm presumptuous or bougie. Well, no, Docky is a lo it, it is a very posh little town, uh, village, <laughs> but it, it's a lovely area and Dulce particularly likes it. It's really nice. <laughs> so if anyone's curious, the last time when we went home in January, we posted a little video. It's so nice. It is. <laughs> and I think a good bit of that is from around Docky and you can see like the island in the background. And actually who Russell Crowe and like Matt Damon and all hang out there when they're in Ireland. Of course. Yeah. Also, this isn't just all stories. Like, I'm kind of feeding my own little nostalgia here. This is the last one from nearby us. And then we, we go a bit further afield. The first rock I shall tell you about shall be Maiden's Rock. It is situated in Docky Sound. This island is supposed to have derived its name from a most beautiful ma maiden named Affectus. I hope she didn't look as her name sounds. <laughs> She tried to commit suicide by jumping from a rowing boat. Underneath the water, her madness left her. And when she came above the surface, she sighted this rock. She is said to have died on that rock of starvation. However, on the 13th of June, she is said to sit on this rock and comb her golden tresses. This very same rock is supposed to be infested with toads. These are not ordinary toads. They are much larger and uglier. Another rock is situated nearer the lighthouse. This is called Fisherman's Rock. It has a cave in it. The invention of all lighthouses has been got from the fisherman living here. If he saw a ship nearing the land and disaster, he would light a lantern and wrap his red jersey around this and would ward off all the ships. So that's all the 
local tales and I stupidly didn't take down exactly where the rest of these are from. So apologize if I missed a couple of local names. It's very hard. Like you can search the, the website just by like random words like like toads, like toads. Yeah, if you want. Um, I want to see these toads and see just how <laughs> ugly he thinks they are. Yeah. But there's no like kind of continuity between the, the stories. Like it will literally be ghost story, recipe, something else. Mm. But anyway, that rock, like I find it very hard to believe that a maiden would have died of starvation on a rock, like in Dalky Sound, because like you could shout and be heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, I just I wanted to include. I also don't think there's any truth to the uh, the lighthouse mm, being invented name. on that thing. Effect is, I mean, it's a Latin name. I would assume, I guess, and there would have been a bunch of Latin speaking priests and crap mm. like that. I suppose there's still a Latin church actually, mm. uh, where that Monkstown Abbey is, like no just shit. around the corner from there. Yeah. Anyway. Mr. James Kenny's grandfather had a cousin who lived around Rath in Thomastown many years ago. This is County Meath, I think. That This is me talking. <laughs> um, so I think near where we get our tattoos. Oh, okay. Oh, by Meath, you said. Meath. Oh, I, I, this whole time I thought it was Neve. No, that's just the name of a... Meath. Oh, it's Meath. Yeah, like meat with a H. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Neve is just a girl's name. Oh. There could be a place called Neve. Anyway. Well, that's egg on my face. <laughs> he was a very old man at the time and was very fond of rambling off and investigating old rats. That rat means like fort. Oh. There was a very fine circular rat in Thomastown. And to hear he was often seen making his way generally about 12 o'clock in the day. When he returned home, he always refuses his dinner. He always refused his dinner, saying, I have eaten with my friends, the fairies. Hmm. This was half believed and half doubted, but he himself maintained that it was true and described the banquet with vessels of gold, silver and copper. Lit. To prove this, one day he brought back a most beautifully made copper kettle. But that night there was a great uproar in the district as the fairies turned up in mass, demanding the kettle. I mean, he fucking took it after yeah. he'd like the fairies fed him. Yeah, I what know. A dick. All this time, it was returned to them, and so all was well. Huh. A lot of the stories are like that. <laughs> Isn't Liam Neeson from Meath? Uh, he's from Navin, I think. Maybe. That's what I'm thinking. Pierce Brosnan is from Navin. Navin. And that's specifically where we get mm -hmm. the tattoos. That's yeah. where we get our tattoos. Shout out to uh, Calamity Jane Studios. They changed their names. Calamity oh, Jane. Oh, did they? Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, Lisa and the gang. Shout out Lisa. Yeah. This next one is short and sweet, and it's from Athenry, Athenry in Galway. So there's a song, Fields of Athenry. Of course. Anyway. I know the one. Ah, yes. <laughs> there is a hill outside the town which is supposed to be long which was supposed to belong to the fairies. One day a man went to the hill to raise sand. In the evening when he did not return home, his people set out to look for him. They found him lying near the hill, unconscious. They took him home, and when he recovered, he told them that the fairies had beaten him. He said that a crowd of small men attacked him, knocked him, and beat him. He died soon afterwards. These fairies don't fuck around, man. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, that's the story. It's like, oh, yeah, fella I just imagine down. this fucking man who's like so frail after like a severe beatdown just being like, it was the fairies. Yeah. You yeah, know, like literally. fucking crazy. I think that's why, uh, to be honest, a lot of these stories are like, hold on. I think that might have been fairies. Wow. Like. The next one, I don't know where it's from. My sister and myself were gathered around the fire one night, and when mother had her work for the night finished, she joined us. She was in exceptionally good humor, so she told us a story. Mm. This was it. <laughs> okay. When I was a small girl, oh, much smaller <laughs> than either of you two, I was sent with my eldest sister, your Aunt Ginny, for a message to a house about two miles distant. 
Well, of course, there were no bicycles that time, and so we had to take Shank's mare for it. Shank's mare, I think, was a horse. Shank must have been a person. Um. Well, I suppose, like you, we were a bit lazy, and we took the shortcut through the fields. As we were crossing our second field, we came onto a stile. I think it would have been a gate to a field, mm. right? This is old language, okay? <laughs> As we were crossing our second field, we came onto a stile when I suddenly looked up and there on the stile was a little man, not quite as big as a sod of turf and dressed in red. He was sitting as a tailor and was and was making wax end. Here we asked her how she knew that he was making wax end and she replied that the man next door to them was a shoemaker, hence her knowledge. Well, anyhow, the little man was there sure enough. And I shouted to my sister, Oh, Ginny, Ginny, look at the leprechaun. You know, not like you. We spent our evening telling stories about fairies, etc. And indeed, as often as I have fingers and toes, I had heard of the little man that showed you the gold. But Moline... Well, Please I don't looked... take my man. Yeah. <laughs> Moline. <laughs> <laughs> Now you got it. I got it. I got it now. <laughs> I guess there's like some Irish thrown in here. When I was reading this, I was just invested. I didn't think about like explaining. That's just an exclamation. Okay. And as often as I have fingers and toes, I had heard of the little man that showed you the gold. But when I looked again, wasn't the little man gone? And although we searched and searched, there wasn't sight nor sound of him. But when coming back, didn't I find a shilling near the stile where I saw him? And as you know, a shilling at that time was at a pound now. And this is a hundred years later, so a shilling back then is probably worth a house. I thought I was in paradise. So let you keep an eye open for the little man. So and what I did think was interesting there, though, about the leprechaun was the fact that she said that he was wearing red, mm. which is actually the traditional colours of a leprechaun. Oh, OK. Yeah. I wonder um, why it turned green. Marketing, I think. Oh. Yeah, honestly. Oh, because I guess if they're red, then they could be mistaken for Santa's obes? Uh, I don't know. Like, it uh, literally goes back to, like, the color green being used as a marketing thing for Ireland, like in oh. Coca-Cola. We might have touched on it in an earlier episode. Oh, we might have. Uh, we say a lot of things. We say a lot of shit that we don't remember. But, uh, yeah, anyway, traditionally leprechauns were dressed in red. So mm -hmm. I thought that kind of added some... Like, oh, maybe she mm. did. Like, yeah. This next one is the mystery. How the milk was lost. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Not the milk. The <laughs> Never the milk. So this one is from uh, John Green in Kuldaf in County Donegal. I don't know why I'm telling you the people because they're definitely dead now. But if anybody knows County Donegal, that's where this is from. Shout out Donegal. Once upon a time, there lived a man and his wife together in a little house. The only support they had was a very good milking cow. Mm. But alas, one day when they went out to milk, she would give no milk. Oh, she said, I'm cutting you bitches off. Yeah. Then they heard of a wizard and witch who was milking people's cows. So the next day, when he went out to milk the cow, he found a funny kind of fly on the cow's teeth. And he also noticed that the fly was milking the cow. Shut up. Yeah. That's right, yeah. So in the mouth? I don't know. I don't know how a fly milks a cow. Like I don't no, know. No, I mean the like the fly was in the mouth and there was no, the fly was in the on the cow's teeth. Oh teeth. Teeth. <laughs> So he lifted the fly and put it into his matchbox. That night, when he was sitting by the fire, a wee man with a red cloak appeared to him and said to him that he had his wife in his pocket. The man said he didn't. The w then the wee man said that he had her in his matchbox. So the man took out his matchbox and sure enough, there was a wee woman sitting inside in the matchbox begging him to let her out. And she said that she would never milk the cow again. The man let her out 
and both disappeared and were never seen again. Wow. Yeah. So, like, I don't know why she couldn't just disappear from the matchbox, but I guess, like, you know, magic works in strange ways. But I actually, like, I spent hours going through these stories, like, just from, like, pure fascination, like, yeah. not just the ghost stories, but, like, I was really, like, some of them weren't, like, great either. Um, but... Yeah, like a lot of them were just like, my granddad is walking down the road and saw a ghost, he did. And then that's it. But, um, what kind of accent is that? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, this one just kind of stuck out to me because of the fly, right? And I was like, fly on a cow's tit, like that's kind of weird. But most of them had to do with a white hair, right? Specifically a white hair milking the cow. And like, because back in the day, if your cow's milk ran out, like the story said, like that your income gone. Yeah. You know? Um, so that was a big fear among the people. And a lot of the people refused to believe that there was just something wrong with the cow, but they yeah. would blame specifically a white hair, uh -huh. which was said to belong to a witch. Now, I must have heard this story before or just like I knew it was familiar to me. So I ended up looking into that and I ended up reading basically the same story in different versions of it. Uh, like where one of them had the hair turning into the witch while others had the hair being made by a witch, right? Specifically, like she would use a specific type of animal's hair or like person's hair or something and make a the hair, hair, like a rabbit. Wow. Um, and then would send it off to do a bidding, right? That's interesting. Yeah. So it turns out similar versions of this were told all over Northern Europe, like even in the 20th century. Mm. And they were really detailed saying that, like what the witch would use to make this milking proxy and um, like exactly how she would send them all. And basically, yeah, one of them was like the hair would be sent out to suck the milk out of the cow's tit while well, basically the witch would be back at home like wanking off this fucking like piece of wood or something and then the milk would just flow into her bucket in her house what? like yeah yeah really weird oh sorry she would stick something into a tree and then kind of like jerk it off and the milk would just magically flow out of the tree into her bucket it was very cool though like, i did go down a rabbit hole i think it was like sweden was actually one of the what the fuck yeah yeah so there you go. If anybody else has heard a similar story, I would like to know. They're more. probably just men dressed up as trees. <laughs> I swear, if you pull on here, love, I'll give you all the milk in the world. Um, anyway, this next one is called The Fairy Dog, and it's from Galway. Once upon a time, there was a man living in Elliston, and he used to drive the priest on a sidecar to sick calls. One night, as he was out on a call with the priest, it was very late when they reached the priest's house. The priest asked the man, would he not be afraid? And he said, he would not. Mm, just like that. Yeah. He gave the man a glass of whiskey to give him courage and a black thorn stick. He set out for home and he was not gone far when a big red dog jumped out on the road in front of him. As soon as he saw him, he knew it was a fairy dog. He was so much afraid that his hair stood on his head and sweat broke out through his face. He was then just passing... Clochandurus, and it was pitch dark. There was not a sinner on the road because it was after one o'clock. The dog then vanished and the fear left the man and also the sweating. Then he made for home as quick as he could and when he came to the door he knocked and was let in by his wife who was after getting out of bed. She went back to bed again and he went back also to bed. He was so frightened that when he that he went he was so frightened that he went into bed without taking off his shoes or his clothes. His wife asked him what was wrong with him, but he did not pretend anything. Nothing, right. basically. Cool. They were not long in bed when a knock came to the door. His wife was getting out of bed to see who it was, but the man said he himself would go. He knew it was the fairy dog. And he went to the door and said, In the name of God, leave this house and let me never see you again. The dog departed and he was never seen after that. The dog was like, I... <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. The man did not get out of bed for three months after that. He got such a fright. Jesus. Yep. This one is called A Fairy That Was In The Priest's House. 
It's also from Galway. But I'll let you decide what you think it might have actually been, right? Oh, you'll let me? Thanks. I'll let you. <laughs> I'll let you with your little woman's brain. No, I obviously don't think like that. Anyway, there was a priest living in Roundstone some time ago. When he first came to the place, there was a loft in his dwelling house. The priest heard it was haunted and he watched to see if it was. One night, as he was sitting by the fire reading his prayer book, he heard the tapping like a goat walking on the loft. He said nothing that night, but waited to see if he would hear the same thing the next night. And he did. But it was louder still, nearly like races. One night, as he was sleeping, he was wakened by the great noise. He put on his clothes and went into the kitchen. He took a stick in his hand and said, Be gone and let me not hear anything from this day forth. And he never heard anything from that day on. After a while, the priest was changed to some other place. The night before he went, he had some people packing his clothes with him. It was late that night when they were ready. And about one o'clock, one of them went outside and he saw a light coming over the side of Erisbeg Hill towards the priest's house. He told the priest and he came out and said it will not come any nearer. And the light began backing away until it went out of sight. It was the fairy the priest had hunted that was coming again when he thought when he saw the priest was going. Mm. I think though, right, because like I said, like a lot of these stories, there's not much to them. But does that not sound like one of these really bizarre poltergeist UFO crossovers mm. like Skinwalker Ranch, where mm. they would see weird shit and weird shit would happen in the house? Yeah. And like cloven hooves banging around in your loft. And then you see this mad thing happening. But yeah. of course, back then, it was just like, oh, that's just fairies. Like, don't worry yeah, about yeah, it. You yeah. know what I mean? So, which is why now I call weird activity fairies. Fairy yeah. behavior. Because it just kind of covers a mask. Yeah. This one was a short one from a collection just called Ghost Stories, right? One night, a man named John Woods was coming home from rambling from a house named Kennedy's in Glen Pipe. I don't know what rambling, re he's just out walking or something. Yeah, yeah, he was just, he, he's going out for a ramble. You love going out for a ramble. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, it's one of the first things I learned about you. I do love a good ramble. Anyway. And a good sorting. Didn't he ramble? <laughs> so I fucking love a good sort. <laughs> um, from once he left Glen Pipe until he came to his own house, something was tearing along through the briars. And he was afraid of his life. When he was almost home, at about 200 yards from his own cross out from the ditch, walks a big black ass. Oh, yeah, I forgot this. <laughs> I forgot about this. When he was almost home, at about 200 yards from his own cross out from the ditch, walks a big black ass. <laughs> sure, John nearly burst his sides laughing when he saw what it was and what a coward he was. That was it. That was the whole thing. <laughs> like he got scared by a donkey. Yeah, a big donkey. Yeah, <laughs> big black ass. That's exactly how it was written, though. That's so funny. And then this was the next entry after that one. So uh, I'm assuming it was from the same person. My father was coming home from work. You want to know something funny? It's like, I bet the guy telling that story, like, once he said a big black ass, started laughing to himself. No, because I don't think they would have even thought of it back then. No, he would have laughed because he's probably telling the story to show, like, how oh. silly. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, he's, That's like, exactly really was. fucking scared. It turns out to be a donkey. Oh, <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're laughing for much different reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the kid recording it, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> My father was coming home from work from Cody's of Garandara one night at 11 o'clock. And when he was coming up Mullinick Hill, he heard a motor coming. He went in on the grass to let it pass. And if he stood there forever, it would not pass. So he looked down the road, the lower side of the road. He saw the motor car going down across the field. 
There was a witch and two lights in front and nine skulls in the back. He said it was the headless coach. He went on until he came to a house called Franey's Cabin and he went in. As soon as he saw the light of the lamps, he fainted. One of the Franeys came home. <laughs> One of the Franeys came home with him that night. And you may be sure that he was never seen out after 10 o'clock from that day to this. <laughs> wow. My mom always said that nothing ever, good, nothing good ever happens after 12. Oh, really? Yeah. It's funny. Actually, they just said that on Yellowstone. Oh, really? I was watching it. Yeah. I, like when I used to go out with friends on like sessions. Sesh. Sesh, ma. Yeah. Um, like cleaner. And um, when we would go out, like she didn't like me coming in after 12 because nothing good ever happened after 12. Nothing good ever happens after me. And she was right. <laughs> so this one's called The Corpse Overboard. And it's from Clifton in Galway. Long ago, the corpse was kept in the house for two or three days before burial. And each night there was a week. If the person was old... There was very little sorrow in the relatives, and the wake was a very jolly one, singing and playing tricks. The corpse was usually hidden away under boards, as in floorboards. <laughs> not boards, but <laughs> yeah, not, <laughs> not birds. <laughs> They're lovely boards. Inside joke. You had to be there. Yeah. This custom was then changed, and I often heard my father tell the reason why the corpse was put overboard when laid out. Mm. As in, above the boards, above the floorboards. Yeah, yeah. I I thought this was like a sailor thing or something, uh -huh. like a boat thing. Anyway, there were two middle-aged women in Balik, and as they lived next door to each other, they had a row every day over ducks or hens or scats or some other silly cause. <laughs> Your duck is shitting on my hen. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. It happened that one of them died anyhow, and the other woman's husband went to the wake on the first night. While he was there, at about midnight, the dead woman appeared to the other and attacked her in a fierce way. Oh, shit. Yeah. She scraped and kicked and plucked the hair off her head, but at last, the living woman caught her hand with her teeth and nearly bit off three fingers. Jesus Christ. This is no longer an apparition. Of a corpse. Oh, shit. Yeah. After this, the dead woman disappeared. The man came home in the morning and his wife was half dead. Oh, so the man went next door to the wake. Yeah. While the woman, who out of spite didn't go to the wake, was attacked in her own home. Oh, by the dead lady. By the dead lady, yeah. Damn. The man came home in the morning and his wife was half dead. <gasps> You're a nice man, away all night at the wake. And your poor wife nearly got the other barge of a woman that you thought was dead. Indeed, then she is dead, and all the friends were there crying for her, said he. Oh, you careless man, look at the state we now all scraped and torn at that woman. But she hadn't it all her own way. Wherever she is now, she has the track of my teeth in her fingers. I nearly bit the hand off her, so I did. And then she left. Go and see now if the corpse is marked. Oh, shit. The husband went out and asked the people to examine the corpse. And sure enough, <gasps> the three fingers were nearly bitten off. Damn. The priest heard the story and soon an order was given to have the corpse laid overboard so that such a thing could not happen again. Wow. So like zombies attacking him. That's crazy. In the middle of Galway. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This one's called The Haunted House of Summerbank. In a house between Summerbank and Knockbrack, on Mr. O'Neill's land, there stands the ruins of an old house. Long ago, there here a man named Galligan. There was a man named... There was here a man named Galligan? Here or know. there. Here or there. But it was Galligan. Galligan. The old people say that this house was very haunted. They said that one night, as he was sleeping, he heard a noise outside in the garden, just at the back of the house. He got up from bed and looked out, and a horseman was crossing his potatoes. He was, like? 
No, I said, look. <laughs> Just putting his potatoes in the cross shape. Oh. No, as in. <laughs> a horseman was walking across his potatoes, right? Oh. I don't know why my mind went there. <laughs> I'm Wait, there's more. He was troubled about his potatoes. Is that not just the I'm most Irish thing. sentence yeah. you've ever heard? He was troubled about his potatoes and got up early that morning. But on going out, got no track of the horse's hoof. This went on for a long time. And at last, the horseman came into him in the bed. What the fuck? He was frightened and went to tell Father Leonard and Martin, the poet. That took a left turn. Yeah. <laughs> they went one night to Galligan's house. When they reached it, Martin could see the horseman, but the priest could not. But the priest could not. The priest prayed and he put down the ghost in a heap of stones. Okay, this is another version of the ruins on Mr. O'Neill's land. Some years ago, a figure in the shape of a turkey cock. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Like a male I think a male turkey, yeah. <laughs> I was just picturing a penis with like large plumage <laughs> in the back. <laughs> like like a, super like bad a, in the drawings yeah, of super bad. Yeah, like a waddle. Like their yeah, little waddles yeah. that they have. Is that what it's called? I, I the, don't know. The, the gross bit of the turkey. Some years ago, a figure in the shape of a turkey cock appeared at this place every evening at sunset. A man named Galligan lived on this land. He had potatoes planted near his house. One evening, he saw this thing happen up and down his nicely planted potatoes. He was much troubled, but when the ghost disappeared and there was not a track of a horse, maybe a turkey cock isn't that. Oh, I've googled turkey cock below. So he asked the Reverend Father Leonard to settle the ghost. He said some prayers and the ghost appeared. The priest took a slip of paper out of his pocket, put it on the end of a long rod and handed it to the ghost. So after that, the ghost was never seen again. So according to Merriam-Webster, the meaning of turkey cock is gobbler. What <laughs> right? the this doesn't get any clearer. I think in slang, it just means someone who is very self-important and pompous. Oh, so it's a person. It's a person, yeah. Oh. So it wasn't a dick with turkey appendage riding on a horse. What did you say Carl? they call Carl's mom? <laughs> Gladys the Guzzler. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. Carl. That was a throwback from uh, Craig Stag, do. I don't know if everybody calls her. Anyway, Gladys is a lovely woman. I think about that sometimes. Me too. At work. I just be like, what did Carl call Carl's mom again? <laughs> uh, but I, what I thought was interesting about that was like, it was a residual haunting, mm. right? It wasn't interactive, really. Yeah. And the fact that the priest couldn't see it and Martin the poet could see it. Yeah. Because that is something currently that is like a common thing. Like one person will see something and the other person might see anything or might like one person could see an entire apparition and the other person just sees lights or yeah. orbs and something Yeah, they see weird. different things. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. And also turkey cock. Ah, yes. Or even like gobbler. He's a fucking gobbler. He's a fucking gobbler coming in now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one's called a poltergast. Mm. Mr. Kenny's grandfather got employment at the malt house in Castle Street as night fireman. Some kind of retorts had to be kept simmering day and night. These houses were inside the gate to the left, but are not there now. So don't worry. Kenny may as may not have heard any queer stories about... But anyway, he took on the job and started work. He was a tall, sinewy man, hardy and courageous. He stoked the fires and later on had some supper. Around or after midnight, he was visited by a powerful looking man dressed in an old fashioned garb. This visitor viewed Kenny intently and said, you are the new fireman here. Well, I'll come and help you every night, but be careful of two things. One. The gobbler. There's a gobbler. <laughs> One is, never allow anyone else in here at night under any circumstances, nor for any cause. Secondly, 
Never tell anything of this to a priest, either in or out of confession. Confession had a capital C as well. Mm. Kenny, after carefully considering the matter and seeing nothing wrong in either of the conditions, readily agreed. Whereupon the spectre cleared out and stoked both fires with fresh coal and mm. vanished. Mm. Though Kenny was a powerful and courageous man, he was somewhat daunted and disturbed. He took courage for a while and, seeing that no harm was done or likely to happen, he worked through his appointed task and continued to do so for some time. I think that he had more than one visit every night, but however, after his supper or towards the morning, if he fell asleep, yet when he awoke, okay, both fires were in great conditions and he actually got used to his, his visitor. So he was doing no work. Yeah. There came a night of terrible rain, bitter and cold, when a poor boy, not quite right in the head, found his way in through the outer gate and feeling the cheerful heat, found his way to the fires. Kenny, a good-natured man, let him dry himself and gave him some bread and tea and allowed him to stay on some bags in the far corner. Suddenly, the visitor appeared, his face contorted with rage. He demanded angrily of Kenny why he admitted this fellow. Kenny tried to placate him by declaring that he was only a poor boy, an innocent creature who didn't know anything. Jesus. <laughs> and that he strayed in out of the storm. That's no excuse. You had my orders, and now I'll kill you for disobeying me. Oh, shit. Said the stranger. He then attacked Kenny, who found himself in a fierce struggle for his life. The stranger had the strength of ten men, and poor Kenny, although a hard and powerful man, was becoming exhausted. And the stranger, flinging him aside, declared, Kenny, you are a great man, and I'll forgive you this time. You're the best fighter I've ever met, and I'll leave you now, but I'll keep on helping you. But I'll keep on helping you, but be aware. Okay. Yeah, okay, this is really weird. So he's like, all right, I'm, I'm dipping out tonight. Yeah, because I'll be you're back tomorrow. so strong and brave. Yeah. Kenny sadly worked on what was uneasy in his mind on account of having anything to do with the spirit. So at last, at a big mission, he told all to the missioner. The missioner advised him to leave the occupation, but Kenny had no other work. The next night, his visitor arrived as usual. Kenny saw at once that he was in for it. The fight of his life. Again. For his life. Yeah, that's how it's worded. It's like Saturday night, <laughs> fight of his life for his life. <laughs> Kenny, I'll kill you now for disobeying me the second time. All right. And with a terrible, and with that, a terrible fight began there in the dark, lonely hours of the night. Kenny fought desperately, but he was left lying there bruised and exhausted. They were both fighting naked. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> to be found by the day man. He lived only a couple of days and he died happy after seeing the priest. I bet he did. Yeah. wonder what that priest did for him. <laughs> <laughs> His name was Tom and the place was demolished as after the story got around, no one would work there. I guess the priest's name was Tom. Mm. Tom Kenny. Tom Kenny, I guess. Okay. These stories are weird. Um, a fire is kept in Elm Grove and some others in Castle Street. But the haunted house is dismantled. Fucking hell. I think I included that because it was just another story of a man being killed by some paranormal entity. Mm. Which is not something that you really hear of these days. Like, yeah. You know. <clears throat> but these things were vicious. And this last one is called uh, something. Oh, this last one is just titled A Story. But it's mental. Uh, <laughs> okay. And it's fucking mental, but it's an interesting spin on the card-playing devil story from Loftus and the Hellfire mm -hmm, Club. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, not far from Clondalkin, there's an estate, there is an estate called Castletown. It was owned one time by a man named Connolly. He was reared a Catholic, but he fell away from the faith and was fond of gambling and horse racing. He was a member of the Hellfire Club. One day there was to be no hunt, but he said he would hunt in spite of the devil. He went off on his horse and he noticed a strange man 
riding beside him. The stranger had a great horse, and any jump Connolly's horse could do, the other horse could do it twice as well. Mm. There was a tree in the avenue, and Connolly's horse could never jump this tree, but the other horse flew over it. Connolly invited the man to dinner, and they played cards afterwards. During the game, the man let a card fall to the ground, and when the butler stooped to pick it up, he noticed a cloven foot. He called Connolly outside the door and told him he was playing cards with the devil. Connolly told him to go, but he said he would not go, and he could not put him out. Because he was in love. (laughs) (laughs) They sent for the minister, but he would not come, and so they sent for the priest. The priest asked the devil to go. The devil just couldn't take a hint. He was like, dude, I'm not interested. I know you're in love. (laughs) But I just don't. I just don't feel like it. The priest asked the devil to go. But he said he would not go unless he could go through the window. The priest would not let him do this. And so this is why he wasn't interested. Because the devil's fucking crazy. I'm only going to leave if I can go through this window. It clearly had one too many drinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, mm, I will go out to the window. Yeah, the sir, window. that window doesn't open. <laughs> um, the priest would not let him do this, and he prayed for a while and asked him to go again, but he still refused. The priest took up the cat and fired it at him. <laughs> this cat bazooka. <laughs> I, I just picked some picture. Fuck it. The priest picked up his. Hold on. I've lost it, please. The priest picked up the cat and fired it at him, and he vanished through the heart, and the cat was not seen since. <laughs> what about the devil? I don't fucking. The, the devil vanished through the heart, the fireplace. Oh. And the, and the cat, cat wasn't seen since, probably because he just got fucked on the fire. <laughs> Connolly afterwards became a good Catholic. (laughs) Connolly afterwards became a good Catholic. And some say he was a bit mad as he built a monument on another man's land. And nobody ever found out his object for building it there. And this monument has ever since been known as Connolly's Folly or the Obelisk of Maynooth. In his castle, there were 366 windows, but one of them had to... But one of these had to be closed as he could not have more windows than the King of England. That's all the, the same story. That's- I think that monument was built for the devil because it was probably devil- like an ode to be like, for the one who got away. <laughs> and that's why he did a bunch of windows because he's like, the devil, my love, loved windows. Well- <laughs> okay, do a bunch of windows. <laughs> so not to be a nerd, but I actually know why these random things were built um, at that time period Mm. because Ireland was in the middle of the famine Mm. caused by the British. uh, Like, the famine was caused because there was no potatoes, Mm -hmm. but there was other food that the Irish weren't able to, either couldn't afford or weren't allowed to eat, Mm. basically. Um, So anyway, that's a long story. I'm not getting into it. But there's a a huge lack of work at the time as well, Mm -hmm. which was another contributing factor. So... People like, you know, the great earls and mm-hmm. British people who owned the land and shit like that around were like, well, we need to give these people something to do so they can work for their money. And it was actually a good initiative, like in fairness. So they would pay people to build these monuments that are still there today. Mm. So the obelisk on top of Kalini's Hill, on top of Kalini Hill, which is known as the witch's hat because it looks like a big witch's hat mm-hmm. that was built. For this purpose, like just to keep oh. the the peasants uh, going, mm. yeah. Or so, it could have been for romance. Or it could have been for romance. We'll agree to well, disagree. Well, actually, I'll tell you what the romance is. My granny and granddad's first date was had at the obelisk on Kalini Hill. Oh, they were freezing cold, and they were <laughs> sat on the little bench up at the back of the thing, <laughs> looking out over the sea. Um, but yeah, there you go. And also, I think like the fact that about the windows. So I think they obviously bricked up one of the windows and then people were like, oh, it's because the devil jumped out of us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you want to know like the different versions of that story, keep coming up every like I just keep finding them. You know what mm-hmm. I 
Um, obviously, Loftus Hall is another one that we'll cover one day and stuff. But check out our Hellfire episode. A lot of people really love that episode. Like, Good. Still, yeah. Um, so that's a nice little after one there. But uh, yeah, there you go. All right. Get Let's... ready for next week because it's going to be miserable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to wrap this up with a bow. Yeah. Follow us on all our socials. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Yeah, Weekly Creep Adam. Yep. And uh, yeah, so we'll see you on the next one. Yeah. Take care of yourselves. Bye. YouTube, Weekly Creep, everywhere, okay? Yeah. Uh, but I do have a special request. Just please rate and review. Oh, yeah. Rate and review. Um, yeah, thanks, everybody. Okay, bye. Bye.